You're listening to A Little Bit Better, a podcast where we talk about how breaking goals into small steps can lead to big results. Here we'll examine the cause and effects of our thoughts, our actions, and inactions, and how they influence how we live our lives. I'm your host, Chris Swale, a life and health coach. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to A Little Bit Better, the podcast. I'm your confidence coach and host, Chris Swale. Today, we're going to look at focus and more specifically, the magic in stillness. We live in a world that is obsessed with being busy. We tend to wear busy like a badge. Come pragging, I call it. Bragging masked as complaining. Cheesy name, I know, but it's what comes to mind with all this one-upping about how much one can do in a day. Indeed, there is much emphasis expectations, and pressure for one to be highly productive, to hustle that dreaded H word, and to be in that go, go, go mentality all the time. The result? We feel exhausted, overworked, underappreciated, underachieving, not good enough, anything else, all these negative emotions that you may associate the stress of having to live a life that is constantly packed and busy and demanding. This can lead to lots of self-shaming and other forms of negative self-talk. It's a route for a downward spiral. We also often feel guilty for resting. We feel restless when resting. It's as if we are either so uncomfortable to be still or we just simply don't know how to do it, how to pause and really be still. Many people tell me they become overwhelmed by a sense of urgency or even a fear of missing out or being left behind or of being made redundant if or when they choose to step out of the fast lane. In fact, several studies out of the U.S. state that half of Americans don't use their full allotment of paid vacation days. I imagine it's probably a similar story in Canada. MarketWatch reported a 2017 study with over half of people interviewed saying that the main reason they don't use all their vacation days is that they are afraid they will be replaced. A similar report was released again in 2019. Other people said they fear being passed over for promotions because they may look like slackers if they're not there, if they're, gasp, taking a vacation. And others think that they are the only one who can do their job. They don't trust anyone to handle the reins in their absence. If people do take vacation days, they are often answering work emails and texts while they're on the beach or exploring wherever they are. Minds still at the ready. Go, go, go. People transfer this mentality to the home as well. Packing schedules, making checklists of nonstop errands and projects. We're in this perpetual habit of layering more and more on top of ourselves in all areas of our lives. This is a problem. Maybe it's time to rethink things. For the record, I will make my confession loud and clear here. Guilty. Reducing the super speed of life is a high priority of mine. I'm a work in progress, but that alone is progress. I used to be completely wrapped up in all of that busyness. I never, ever stopped. 
I'm not even exaggerating when I say at one time in my life, a 60-hour work week would have been considered a light week. I once worked at a place where the unspoken sentiment was, if you arrived at work later than 7.30 in the morning, you were considered late, a slacker, and clearly not dedicated to the job, even though our contracts all said start time was 9 a.m. Even on vacations, I found myself trying to cram in too much. This I have successfully pulled back on because I can't deny now that I love a good beach hang of doing nothing, but it did take a while to get there. My husband isn't there yet. Love you, babe. It's one of the things we argue about when planning vacations. I want more time for leisure to just be spontaneous and pick if we want to do something or pick a day where we just explore or hang out on a beach. And he likes to have every hour mapped out. And I'm not joking. Living a life in a state of constant busyness is not a unique circumstance. It is so ingrained in our social collective. It is expected at work. It is expected at home. It is expected in our personal lives, whatever that may be in terms of working out or hobbies. We have devalued pausing. We have devalued being still. And what that does is it makes it really, really hard to be present. And it also makes it really hard to be clear and have focus because you never stop. We never stop to consider, to evaluate, to really see and feel what's important to us in life. Why do so many of us live this way? Why do we only feel accomplished if we are constantly busy and guilty if we're not? There are many reasons, too many to put in one podcast, and each person has their own set in their own order, but let's explore a few. One is fear. As mentioned earlier, these fears can include missing out. And within that, there is such a range, such as missing out on opportunities, on advancement, on fun, on knowledge even. The ironic thing here is that when we are constantly in a state of being super busy, that's when we can miss opportunities. It can be hard to see them, or if it's an obvious type of invite, we often don't even take the time to see what it really is and decide if it would be valuable for us in our lives. We can be very dismissive when we're on this go, go, go. It's so hard to be present when the mind is always leaping ahead. Another reason is avoidance. This can be easy to identify in your life, but also extremely hard. Years and years of being a good member of society, pleasing people, striving to meet everyone's expectations, loving and losing people, building and hearing stories from others and our own experiences, failing, succeeding, all of this can mean a lot of feelings and traumas layered on top of each other and also pushed aside. Not being busy means that we might have to spend time with our emotions and thoughts, and that can be scary. Hence, avoidance. Another reason for maintaining this busy mindset is that we often mistake motion for progress. We think putting in a lot of hours equates to getting more done. But in the early 1900s, Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto discovered the 80-20 rule. It's also called the Pareto Principle. 
He recognized that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by just 20% of the population. This percentage distribution model is found in so many other areas of life as well. In business, the Pareto principle holds that 80% of your sales comes from 20% of your customers. So too does this apply in goal setting and goal getting. The problem is people think we need to do lots and all of it at the same time. We don't pick and prioritize the right things in the right order. And that mindset or that strategy can actually derail and slow your progress towards your goals. A tip many coaches teach to help people achieve a goal is to have them write out 10 steps that they think they need to do to get that goal. Then look at the list and pretend that you are only allowed to do two of those steps. That's it. Only two. This exercise makes you stop to really consider what the best next steps will be to get you towards your goal. You look at them and consider which are most important right now. When you do this technique, writing out all your steps and then focus on taking action on just 20% at a time, you tend to make real progress. And some people think that you can pull that down to even 10%. Let's look at some of the negative impacts of not stopping to smell the roses. Again, there are many, but we'll focus on a couple. One is a lack of quality sleep. When you're cramming so much into your day and packing your schedule and thinking about the next thing, it's hard to turn off your brain because your brain is trained. It's been wired to keep thinking, keep going, produce, produce, produce. This can result in restless sleep and also of getting in the habit of going to bed too late because you're still trying to fit all those tasks into your day. Another negative impact of living your life go, go, go is a lack of proper self-care and self-development. One of the first things that gets dropped when people feel really busy and overwhelmed is self-care. That often means exercising or, if we don't like that word, just moving your body. Moving your body regularly in any capacity, whether it's walking, hardcore cardio exercise, weightlifting, stretching, like yoga, that is so important to our mind and our body. But it's one of the first things that often gets dropped. We also tend to drop healthy eating. It's so much easier to grab that quick, high-sugar, carb-loaded, processed food rather than take the time to buy, prepare, and eat whole, fresh, healthy foods. And the third negative impact that I want to address today is a lack of connection. Not being connected usually means you're not being present. So you're not living in the present moment. You're not enjoying the people, the food, the environment, yourself. It can mean missing moments and words, those little things that make life so special. It can cause us to have more miscommunications or work longer hours because we just didn't stop. We didn't take that time to stop and see what is really needed and what is really important. This relates to a lack of clarity, which is also a big negative of living this busy, busy life. Without taking time to pause, reflect, plan, evaluate, or simply just think and feel, it's easy to lose sight of what's important or in coach speak, your whys. Why is what you're doing important? 
Is it even important at all? Ask yourself this question. It's so easy to get so wrapped up in the doing, in the go, 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 and next, next, next. We often end up doing things simply for the sake of doing rather than doing things that matter. Asking yourself these questions can have profound aha moments. Why is what I'm doing important? Is this really important? Is this in alignment with my values and what I want from life? There's so many avenues we can explore with this topic. So I'm going to leave the facts and negative impacts for now. Let's shift to something that you can do if you feel like you might be living too much in the fast lane. It starts with being aware. If you resonated with any of what I've mentioned here, then guess what? You've already taken step one. You've awakened your awareness. You've acknowledged that there could be some things to reconsider or adjust in the way you live your life. And I'm not talking just behavior. I'm talking mindset, the way you think about your life. This is called a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. And so with mindset, it's taking one belief and changing it to a new belief that feels in better alignment with you, with how you want to live your life. I let the cat out of the bag recently during a podcast episode with Emily Milling from The Ultimate Creative. She is amazing at helping content creators make their impact through podcasts and videos. P.S. I admitted to her what has kind of felt like a dirty secret of mine. I meditate. It still makes me laugh. Me? Meditate? That alone was a thought barrier that took a ton of work for me to break through. And I'm no expert at meditation, but the way I do it works for me. I like my new understanding of meditation. The purpose of meditation isn't to clear your mind and be void and blank, but rather it's to find awareness. It's to notice. When you can do this, you find stillness and within that, you gain focus and clarity. I have found that since meditating, I am handling stress noticeably better. Don't get me wrong, I have many less than stellar moments, but I can move through them quicker and less painfully than before. Practicing awareness builds your confidence and helps you understand and feel better about your choices. It makes you feel more in control of your life. Having awareness is so important because without it, without awareness of self, of others, of the world, in the circumstances you find yourself in, you can feel really powerless. You can feel like a victim to circumstances and it can be quite overwhelming among any other feelings that you may have that don't feel good. When you have true awareness, you are able to experience yourself, others, and the world in a more open way. You feel empowered to make choices that align with your values, build and use your strengths, take action and make changes in areas in your life where you would like to make improvements. Some of the benefits of meditation include gaining a new perspective. This is extremely valuable in stressful situations. It helps you see the bigger picture, which can reduce your stress, and you can see how to navigate through it easier and faster. This is stress management skill building. When you have great self-awareness, 
you're really in tune with potential triggers that you may feel in your mind and your body. So this can alert you to things that aren't good for you, that you don't want to do, that aren't valuable or important, and that can save you a lot of time, energy, and stress. Meditation helps you focus on being present. It reduces negative emotions. It increases your imagination and creativity. And this one I have definitely found. It increases patience and tolerance. I meditate daily, but only for a few minutes. I'm not ready yet, and maybe I won't ever be, for long sitting meditations. I think that's okay. I'm not forcing myself to meditate in any way but the way that feels right for me, and so I will get more out of a 5-minute meditation than I would a 20-minute one. I have ADHD, and so I'm acutely aware of my attention and focus challenges. So rather than fight those or just disregard meditation as a practice that others find effective but is not for me, I have tried it and I have adapted it in a way that is for me. This is powerful. When we do things in a way that feels best for us and us alone, we get way more out of it. It takes away self-judgment and anxiety as well. I've created a separate audio exercise that you can try. It's less than 10 minutes. It's a very basic exercise about noticing. So when you know you have 10 minutes to be fairly distraction-free, try this out. Note how you feel going in and then how you feel coming out of it. And if you're really up for a challenge, try doing it every day for five days. You can even journal. How do I feel at the beginning? How do I feel at the end? I prefer guided meditations because the guidance gives me a cue and helps me refocus when my mind wanders, which it does all the time. And on the mind wandering note, that is what I find so beneficial about meditation. My mind is always wandering. So the guided meditations give me cues to come back to a singular focus. It's okay that my mind races away. The practice is in pulling it back, is in recognizing that, going, oh, hey, mind, I see where you are. Come back here. It's really like going to the gym to work out your muscles. This is a workout. It's exercise for your mind. Practicing awareness by intentionally being still so that you can pay attention to your body and to your mind and train it, pull it back every time it starts running away is really beneficial for clearing the fog. I find I am so much better focused now that I have been meditating regularly. Building awareness little by little has created the habit in me to be more aware everywhere else. I am more clear on what's important to me, what I need to do or want to do, and why. And contrary to what people might believe, it doesn't make you soft. Or rather, I like where I've softened. I feel like I fight less. I resist less. And that is a good thing. It makes life feel more peaceful and less stressful. I'm still me. I still have a demanding life that moves fast. I'm still very passionate and opinionated. I've got my edges. But I feel like I can control my emotions a little bit better now. I'm having less knee-jerk reactions. More pauses, which reset which allow me to consider and choose more deliberate action. I find I'm more deliberate with my thoughts and feelings as well, so I can problem solve and see solutions faster than I think I did before. 
instead of patting myself on the back for creating my massive to-do list, which I still do have, I am rewarding myself for moments of stillness, for putting down my phone and being present. There is so much magic in that. There is so much to gain from the stillness. It's a gift that keeps giving. You can do all the things and do them even better when you have clarity and focus. It takes work to adopt this new paradigm, to drop the life must be busy for progress and shift to believing you will get more out of life when you take pauses. You will have a richer, more fulfilling, happier life when you can take time in stillness. Imagine being able to move through life with better focus, confidence, and clarity. Oh yeah, that sounds a little bit better. Thanks for listening to A Little Bit Better. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find this podcast. Subscribe to A Little Bit Better so you never miss an episode. Share it with friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at This Is A Little Bit Better or find me online at a littlebitbetter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like information about coaching with me, please reach out. I am Chris Swale. I'm excited to connect again soon. So until next time, have fun being a little bit better.